Welcome back to another episode of The Gold Call, a Stanley Cup Playoffs podcast brought to you by me, Nathaniel Marlowe. Let's kick it off with some uh, post-game analysis of the pre-game matchups we have for tonight. So, post-game of Blue Jackets Capitals. Blue Jackets squeak it out in overtime once again over the Washington Capitals 5-4 to four in Game 2 of the series. Blue Jackets are ahead of the Capitals 2-0 in the series overall. Both have gone into overtime. Both have been overtime wins. First period, Jay Beagle of the Washington Capitals deflects it off of Brooks or picks shot. Two minutes, 12 seconds into the first period, Caps up 1-0. Then Caps go on the power play. Alex Ovechkin, the classic one-timer. Carlson passes it to Ovi. He gets in the left-wing slot. And the puck ends up in the back of the net behind Sergei Bobrovsky. Cam Askinson, with less than two minutes left in the first period, dekes the puck around Sergei Bobrovsky's skate. Blue Jackets only trailing 2-1 at the start of the second period. But Alex Ovechkin again, another power play goal, makes it 3-1 caps. And Josh Anderson gaining some redemption after the misconduct he had in the first game. Wierenski passes it over to him. Anderson scores 8-49 into the second period. Columbus only trails 3-2. And then once again, Cam Atkinson, power play goal, 11-13 in, ties it back up. And Zach Wierenski on the power play once again, right before the start of the third period, makes it a 4-3 game. Capitals leading into the third period, but the Capitals go on the power play again. Zach Wierenski, the man who made it a 4-3 lead over Columbus, took a delay a game penalty for shooting the puck over the glass from his own zone, which allows TJ Oshie to score on the power play. He gets in the center slot. Excellent pass from Nicholas Backstrom. And the Capitals tie it up at 4-4 with 3.35 left in the third period. Goes into overtime once again. Zach Wierenski shoots. Deflects off a Matt Calvert stick. Calvert's tipping goal pushes the Columbus Blue Jackets to victory. And they now lead 2-0 over the Washington Capitals. Beating, on the, beating them on the Capitals' home ice twice. Washington is in some serious trouble here as they now play the next two games in Columbus. Not a great way to start off your playoff series losing twice in front of your home crowd. Taking a look at some of the other stats throughout the game, Sergei Bobrovsky, goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets, stopped 54 out of the total 58 shots he faced in the game for a .931 save percentage. And with the capital strong offense, he stopped a lot of high-quality shots. It could have easily been a 6-3 loss for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Philip Grubauer, goaltender for the Washington Capitals, only stopped 18 out of 22 shots for a .818 save percentage. He was then replaced by Brayden Holtby, who stopped 7 out of 8 shots. But after that OT goal, instead of the getting that, uh, that 100% save percentage, only gets a .875. Blue Jackets only had 30 shots on goal compared to the Capitals' 58, but because they got the more high-quality shots in there, they ended up with the OT victory. So in room for improvement for both sides, Blue Jackets spent 16 minutes inside the penalty box, and the Capitals players spent 10 minutes inside the penalty box. Most of the goals in this game were power play goals. Columbus got two out of four power play opportunity goals, and the Capitals scored on three of their seven power plays. So... Tips for both teams here, stay out of the penalty box. Don't give the other team opportunity to score on you while you're shorthanded. Because that's where most of these goals came in. If both teams are disciplined heading into the next game, 
it might be a much tighter knit game, probably only a 2-1 victory as opposed to a 5-4 victory for one team. This goes especially for the Blue Jackets because the Blue Jackets do most of their damage 5-on-5, not necessarily on the power play or even shorthanded. Bobrovsky is a great goaltender, but even even in his caliber level, there's only so much that he can do on penalty kills. And same thing for the uh, Washington Capitals. They have two struggling goaltenders right now with Philip Grubauer, and uh, who's usually a backup goaltender. Now he's the starter for the playoffs. And Braden Holtby, who's been having a very off season. And when you have two struggling goaltenders, whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs, you can't afford to go on the penalty kill. And yes, they forced overtime, but they still lost in the overtime period. Now they're trailing down uh, 2-0 to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And they could have won that game if it wasn't for the two power play goals that they gave up to the Blue Jackets. If the Capitals want to win a game out of this series, or perhaps even uh, even the series up, they got to make sure that the, the Columbus Blue Jackets are the ones spending the time in the penalty box, not the other way around. Let's take a look at game two between the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets at home. Minnesota dominated in the faceoff circle, but the Jets limited their offensive opportunities, only allowing the Minnesota Wild to attain 17 shots on goal. Connor Halbuck only allowing one goal that game. And the Winnipeg Jets, 44 shots on goal. Devin Dubnik made some amazing saves, but still let in four goals. He tried keeping his team alive as long as he could, but the uh, the forwards and the defensive end weren't giving uh weren't making things easy for Dubnik at all. All the goals Winnipeg scored were five on five, despite their three power play goal opportunities. And Winnipeg achieved their only goal late in the third period with less than a minute left on the power play. They had four opportunities on the power play. Total penalty minutes, if you include all the fights at the end, the Wild attained 40 penalty minutes and the Jets attained 42. A lot of hitting in the game. Jets achieved 38 hits and the Wild achieved 23 hits. Block shots pretty even. 16 block shots for the Wild, 14 for the Jets. If they want to make things easier on Devin Dubnik, maybe the uh, Minnesota Wild have to get in front of the puck a lot more. That take control in the offensive zone. Because if you're only taking on 17 shots on goal a game, you got to set up some greasy goals there. Set up deflections, screens. Tip it in, that, and hit the net. The Minnesota Wilds defensemen were shooting more than the forwards. Dumba, Brodeen, and Susie each had two shots on goal. And yes, Zach Parise did get the long goal, but that was his only shot on goal for the game. The, the only forwards who had... Two, two shots on goal were Eric Stahl and Jason Zucker. Yes, the Winnipeg Jets are so dominant in their home building. And a lot of that's because they have such an energetic crowd. But Minnesota, they need to take control of that offensive zone. Winnipeg did an excellent job keeping the pressure up, especially in the offensive zone, because they knew they were facing a red-hot goaltender. So congratulations to, to the goal scorers, Tyler Myers, Paul Stastny, Andrew Kopp, and Patrick Laine. The series took a turn, however, once Minnesota got on their home ice. They were perhaps even more dominant than the Jets were in their home building. Minnesota didn't have the best start, allowing Blake Wheeler to score on Dubnik 4 minutes 50 seconds into the first period on the power play. But Mikhail Granlin ties it right up, keeping Minnesota into the game. And then Zach Parise scoring his third goal of the series gives Minnesota a 2-1 lead, also a power play goal. 
Second period, however, was almost all Minnesota. Matt Dumba scores 3 minutes 32 seconds into the second period thanks to an excellent assist by Daniel Winnick. Excellent puck passing throughout that offensive opportunity, making it a 3-1 game. Tyler Myers, however, unassisted goal. Keeps Winnipeg within a one-goal game. But after that, it was all Minnesota. Eric Stahl, Jordan Greenway, and Marcus Foligno all score. Three unanswered goals. 6-2 victory over the Winnipeg Jets for Minnesota. And Jordan Greenway scoring his first ever NHL playoff goal. And first NHL goal at all. Regular season and playoff goal. So, congratulations Jordan Greenway on the goal thanks to an excellent spinorama move he made. Minnesota capitalized on their power play opportunities, scoring two out of their three power plays and shutting down Winnipeg's power play opportunity. Excellent penalty kill, killing off four out of five penalties. Winnipeg only achieved one power play goal out of their 31 shots on goal. And the Wild made things a lot easier on Devin Dubnik blocking 20 shots, and the Jets, their defense completely shut down, only blocking 8 shots. So what the Wild have to do leading up to Game 4 here, use the energy of the crowd to duplicate what you did in Game 3. Capitalize on your offensive opportunities and don't give Winnipeg any chances in the offensive zone. And what Winnipeg has to do, fight back. Get the crowd out of it. Don't just get one girl, get two, maybe three. Don't let the crowd give Minnesota any energy. And if they achieve victory, making a 3-1 series, heading back over to Winnipeg, thanks to the energy that their crowd can give them, they can easily make it a 4-1 series, clinching it and moving on to round two. Taking a look at the NHL's biggest surprise, the Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Los Angeles Kings in game two. Vegas led 2-0 in the series. In that game, they had 56 shots on goal, but Jonathan Quick stopped 54 of them. Both teams capitalized on one power play goal opportunity before Eric Hala capitalized in double overtime, 98 minutes in the game, sealing the deal for the Vegas Golden Knights. It was another excellent battle of the goaltender, but Los Angeles did not generate on their scoring opportunities and they didn't generate enough scoring opportunities Vegas Golden Knights had 56 shots on goal while the Kings only had 30 shots on goal Ledoux was the only goal scorer for the Kings thanks to assists from Fanuf and Amadio Alex Took opened up the scoring for the Vegas Golden Knights he scored on the power play thanks to an assist from James Neal who had 11 total shots on goal while Vegas remained dominant in the offensive zone throughout that game, perhaps their biggest flaw was that they were focused on quantity instead of quality shots. Despite that, it's always a good thing when you're leading 2-0 ahead of your opposing team into the playoffs, especially when you win in front of your hometown crowd. Game 3, the struggling Los Angeles Kings were finally on their home ice. Alex Ayafalo scores against Marc-Andre Fleury. Pushing the Kings to a 1-0 lead heading into the second period. They challenged goaltender interference. But it was determined that Ayafalo didn't have a good goal. No goaltender interference. Kings up 1-0. Pretty uneventful second period. Then once the third begins, Cody Egan, 6-10 into the third period. Ties it up for Vegas. 
James Neal, 14-23 in, gets the go-ahead goal. And 21 seconds later, William Carlson, 14-44 in, makes it a 3-1 game. Ante Kopitar then nets one in behind Marc-Andre Fleury to put the Kings back into within a one-goal game. But Vegas still squeak out a victory right there. Excellent defensive game once again. Uh, no goals scored on the power play for either team. The Knights had four power play opportunities and the Kings had five. The Kings dominated in the faceoff circle and in the offensive zone, though, winning 56% of their faceoffs and uh, achieving 39 shots on goal. Vegas only had 26, so they focused on some really high quality shots, but that really didn't rally until the third period. So whatever Gerard Gallant said heading into the third period in the dressing room really struck a nerve with the guys because they got three unanswered goals, struggling the whole ga- the whole game, and still ended up winning. Los Angeles Kings are in some serious trouble right now as they could be the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs tonight, heading into game four of the series. Their biggest weak point has been in the offensive zone. They have only scored three goals throughout this entire series being shut out once. So what they got to do, be dominant in the offensive zone. Capitalize on the power play opportunities. Don't give Vegas an inch, because the second Vegas gets that inch, they're more than likely going to capitalize, especially if they want to sweep the series. Well, that'll do it, everybody, for another episode of The Goal Call, a Stanley Cup Playoffs podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Marlowe. We will see you again on the next episode. Have fun watching tonight's games. Mmm.